שבוע טוב, חודש טוב מבורך to all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to be speaking about the parasha we read yesterday. Parashat Toledot. And the first passage speaks about the sale of the Bechorah. Esav, on that day, he came from hunting and sinning and was extremely tired, was exhausted from the physical and mental stress of the day. Hazal tells us that on that day, he committed five sins. He committed a rape uh, of, of a betrothed young lady, Nara Morasa. He committed murder. He was kafar ba'ikar, denied Shalom, the existence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He denied Techiyat HaMetim. And lastly, Vayibez Esav et HaBechorah. Esav belittled, he, he disdained, uh, he mocked the Bechorah. He didn't want it. On that day, it so happened, uh, according to the Midrashim, Avraham Avinu passed away, and he passed away five years sooner in order that he wouldn't see his grandson Esav, that he should grow up with Talbut Ra'ah was going the wrong path. Yaakov was busy with Seudat Habra'ah. That is the first Seudah after the um, uh, after they come from the burial. That's why he was serving lentils, which are round, signifying Abilut, which unfortunately it goes around from person to person. Nowadays, we don't use lentils, we use eggs, as Saudat Avraha, because they're also round. So, as I mentioned before, Nemindrash says that he committed five sins. Among them, rape, murder, and Vayibez Esav Now, which is more serious? If I had asked you, I have here rape, I have murder, and have Vayivis Esavi disdained. Which one would you think the Torah should mention? We would say, you you say, well, of course, murder. I mean, murder, you know, killing a, a human being. But the Torah does not mention that. The Torah mentions Vayibes Esavi Tabichora. There must be something to it. And there is. You see, Rabotai, the reason we think this way, that murder is extremely, it is, obviously, <laughs> murder, of course, is. But there is some influence from the country we live in. Let me give you an example. In a secular world in America, especially rape today probably will carry a sentence between five and ten years. Murder, most probably, carry a life sentence, more or less, and in some states, even a death penalty, in Florida and Virginia, it's a death penalty. On the other hand, if someone steps or spits or even burn a U.S. flag, is there any punishment for that? People have done it. There was no punishment. What does this mean? Well, 
there are misdeeds that are physical in nature, others that are spiritual in nature. Rape and murder are physical. They involve physically hurting another person. Burning flag is different. What's a flag? Physically, it's just a piece of material with red and white stripes and 50 stars for the 50 states. It's not the physical thing. It's what it represents. The flag is something very significant that hundreds of thousands of Americans have died that flag. But there's no punishment for something that's spiritual. But let's look at something like this. The Torah tells us, We're not allowed, we're prohibited from cursing a Jewish ruler. A ruler. We can't and, and if if someone actually does, and there's hatra'ah with a warning and witnessing and all that, it says there's flogging involved. There's flogging involved. Not so simple. But this is not physical. It's a curse. Now, here in America, someone can curse Trump day and night. Nothing's going to happen to him. In fact, many people do. Because in a secular world, the... Uh, something that is not physical, that means that something that's just spiritual, somehow doesn't count. Punishment. Physical misdeeds are considered crimes. Spiritual ones, they, they're, not, they're not taken so seriously. But it's different in the religious world. Some spiritual misdeeds can be just as serious and sometimes even more so. What is the Bechorah? Physically, just a person that was first born. Fine. But it represents a lot more than that. Even in those days, even the Goyim, they considered the Bechorim Kadosh. They were sanctified, supposedly dedicated to the service of their God. You see, when Akadosh Baruch Hu brought the Aseret Makot, the Asara Makot on, on, the, on the Mitzrayim, the ten plagues. The worst one was Makat Bechorot, right? They killed all the firstborn of the Egyptians. Now let me ask you a question. Why the firstborn? Why not the, small, the, the youngest one? Or the middle one? Or the second one? Only the firstborn. The reason why was the firstborn is because they considered, the Egyptians considered firstborn Kadosh. The firstborn was busy in divine service and their God, meaning that they, they would pray to their God for them. But you see, so Hashem is saying, let me show you this Bechorim that you think are so important. These Bechorim that you think, they are closer to your gods. They're worthless. And nothing. They won't be able to defend themselves even. How much more so they cannot defend, defend anybody else. And that's why Hashem hit them. Hashem doesn't attack the weak. 
This is you think it's Kadosh? You think it's very close to God? Well, then nothing. The Bechorah has a tremendous significance. Now, Arab Aaron Kotla, Arab Shalom, he said that uh, the, the Bechorim, well, we know that the Bechorim were designated to be, uh, initially anyway, designated to be the ones to do the Avodah and the Mishkan. Later on, it was, it was a problem and they were switched with the Leviim, but they were designated. The Bechorah means that there is a special relationship between man and Hashem. These are people that are do the Avodah. They're closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem wanted them to be. Look, the Kohanim, for example. The Kohanim, they represent Hashem in many things. So the 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 uh, it's very important. So the fact that Esav was mocking and rejecting the Bechorah, which is an opportunity to serve Hashem, to be close to Hashem, shows the spiritual loneliness of him or that person. And that led him and caused him to be the rapist and the murderer that he was. Interesting. Interesting point from Rabbi Kotler. This fact that he stopped this relation, it means nothing to him. It means that, hey, I have nothing to do with the Kaddish Baruch So when you, when you get to that lowliness, then nothing matters anymore. That's why the Torah told us, That is the one that was expressly stated, not the rape or the murder, that this can cause things to happen, worse things to happen. Now we see something uh, in the, later on in the parasha about the Berachah. Uh, Ishak Avinu wanted to uh, give a berakha to Esau, but Yaakov came. And then he says, what's the berakha you give to Yaakov? Told him, V'yiten lecha Elohim mitala shamayim o mishmane ha'aretz. V'rob dagan v'tirosh. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give you from the dew or the heavens, the fast of the land, and so on and so forth. Now, when you look at Esav, he gave me Berachah, I told him, Mishmane ha'aretz yimushavecha, the fat of the land, he the lands, also the dew, the heavens, so, when you look at these two Berachot, you hey, wait a minute, they're identical, almost, virtually identical. Ah, but they're not really. Rashi is telling us something very, very important. He says, Why does it say, elokim? Why not Hashem? Mahu ha'elokim, Rashi says. Ah, you know what that means? Bedin. What does that mean, Bedin? Imra u'ilecha, iten lecha. If you are really fit to, if you merit, 
to have it, you will have it. Vim love, lo italecha. Not if you're really in a dumb marriage to have it. That means we, we, uh, as far as uh, Yaakov is concerned, and his children and his offspring, if we merit it, we do the mitzvot of Hashem. We we follow what he says. Then in that case, then we have mital Hashem ishmaneares. However, Rashi points out leesav amar mishmane haares yemushabecha ben sadik ben rasha iten lecha. Whether you're a sadik or you are a rasha, you're gonna get it. What's going on? What's happening? Talking about Yaakov Avinu gives a conditional beracha. Esav Arasha, no condition. Why no condition? There's something interesting here. I'll tell you the ideas behind this is the following. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be close to Him. He wants us to pray to Him all the time. I mentioned before about having some kind of relationship at all time. Once we think of Hashem as being the creator of the world, as He's our King, He's always above us, then we are more careful about our behavior in this world, especially towards our fellow men. So Hashem is saying to Yaakov, I want you to pray to me. I want you, you want the Tala Shamayim Shmanea Ares. Then you got to be worth it. I want you to do the Mitzvot. I want you to go and make an effort at all times to fulfill the Mitzvot of the Torah. I want you to pray to me. With Esav, he cut everything. He got, what you want, he got... I don't care. I don't need your prayers. I don't need anything. That special relationship isn't there. You see, one time the Talmudim of Rabbi asked him a question. He said, why was the man that HaKadosh Baruch was giving to Bnei Israel in the desert, why was it coming down on a daily basis? I made on a monthly basis or a weekly basis. Like every day they had to go and get it. Why? Why not make it on a weekly basis? So he told them a parable. He said, let me tell you something. There was a king who had a son that he really uh, loved very much and he wanted to see him. He wanted this kid to come and visit him often. But unfortunately, what he did was he would, every year, he would give him a certain amount of money. He said, okay, he is for next year. I was enough, the guy, the kid, you know. He went, did whatever he, he wanted with the money. Then next year, he comes to visit his father for the next, uh, next payment. So the father got smart. He said, you know what? I don't want you to come every year. I'm going to give you on a monthly basis. So... The son comes to visit every month. And you know what? No, I'm here on a weekly basis. I come every week. See, this is where I can't work. That's why I give him the man on a monthly basis. Why? Because then they'll pray for the man only once a month. Every day. They don't know what's going to happen the next day. 
going to pray to Hashem. They should have the man, should have the, they have food to sustain them. This is why the Beracha uh, of Yaakov was conditional, because Hashem wants us to pray to him. Uh, actually, we see this clearly by the Nahash. After Adam Arishon uh, sinned and Akadosh Baruch Hu came, came down and uh, he, uh, you know, he gave him uh, curses which he deserved. Uh, first he started with the Nahash. What do you mean Nahash? He said, because you did this, Arur Atamikola Behema, you are cursed from all the animals, Omikol Hayat Asari, all the beasts of the field. You're going to be going on your belly. You're going to be eating dust all your life. That's the curse. To eat dust all, the, all his life. Now let me ask you a question. Is dust something rare in the world? <laughs> dust is everywhere. So what, what what kind of a curse is this? He's telling him, you know, a curse, you're going to have panasa all the time. That's the curse. You never miss the panasa. It's there. All over the world. The curse is, once he has the panasa all the time, no reason to pray to Hashem. No reason to have any uh, any relationship whatsoever. This is the idea so Esav didn't care for that special relationship. He belittled it. He read the Bechorah. He sold it. And for what? For a, a bowl of lentils. Bowl of lentils. Before I conclude, it's interesting to note something about Esav. He only asked for soup, for the lentils, right? But Yaakov gave him what? Lechem unzil adashi. He gave him bread and he also gave him the lentil. Why the bread? He only asked for the lentils. Why give him the bread? So an interesting uh, uh, word that I heard about this. It says a, a guy, poor guy, hasn't eaten for two days. Starving. He walks into a restaurant of a religious Jew, fancy restaurant, sits down, looks at the menu. Okay, of course, they always give the water and bread. That's the first thing that they serve. It's got plenty of water, plenty of bread. Then he looks at the menu. He says, what's the best, what's the best dish that you have here? Oh, the best? Huh? Steak. Steak is the best, most expensive. Terrific. Side dishes? Yeah, oh God, side dishes. You have salad? Yeah, the best I want the best salad. What? The, the uh, owner said, oh, wow, what a great customer. Finally, it's done. You have wine? Yeah, sure. Me, the best one you got. Okay, then the wine. Then comes dessert. He hasn't eaten for two days. He's swallowing everything. The best dessert you want. That, that, that. Finish. Fine. It's done. The guy comes in with a bill. Obviously, the bill is a very big bill. 
So the guy says to him, wait a minute. Thank you very much. You've just, you've just done a big mitzvah. You've done a mitzvah. I was starving. I was dying. So you gave me food. You did a mitzvah. You don't have to get paid for it. What do you mean? It's a business here. I have customers coming every day. I work. You know? This thing costs money to myself. I have to charge. No, you didn't swap. You can't have So he takes him to the Rav. The Rav says, they say, look, you know, I couldn't do it. So the Rav says, wait a minute. So he, that was smart. But he said, let me tell you something. He gave you water and he gave you bread. Right? For pikuah nefesh, the bread and the water is more than enough. Okay. The bread and the water don't pay for it. But the rest, you have to pay for. So this is what uh, Yaakov was thinking, perhaps. He said, oh, he wants the adashim. If he gives him the adashim, that's the pikuah nefesh already. Oh, you know what? I'm going to give him bread first. He cannot have a ta'ana. Oh, it was pikuah nefesh. He was so exhausted, so fatigued. He said, Hal'aytenina. You know, Hal'aytenina means pour over into my mouth. He didn't have a koah even to eat, put it into. So, No, no, no. I'm going to give you the bread first. Then you don't have a ta'ana anymore. But, Rabbi Tai, getting back to the whole idea of this. Uh, this is teaching us a great lesson, Rabbi We always have to maintain that special relationship with Kadosh Baruch Hu. Always think of Hashem is over our head. As Hachamim says, sometimes when a, a thief goes and he wants to go and steal something, he looks right, left, up, down, whatever. He just looks all around. Oh, nobody is seeing him. So he goes in. What about Akadosh Baruch Hu? He doesn't see him. He sees him. But you see, that's the point. If we have Hashem above all the time, think of Him all the time. He's there. He gave us the Torah. He gave us the Mitzvot. And we keep that relationship. We certainly will go into the right path at all times. Fulfill the Mitzvot at all times. And that Be'ezat Hashem will bring our Mashiach Tzidkenu speedily. Amen. And let me remind you again that this is a great station. Please make an effort. I want to encourage everyone that make an effort to try to help the station and going. And if you have any simha, please call our show. We have a beautifully uh, renovated social hall that can accommodate any simha that you have. Shavua Tov and Chodesh Tov Mevorach.